is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Deja Vu Podcast. We got that right, right? You did. I was going to see if you did, and you did it. I'm so impressed. What You know what, Travis? I think I'm thinking about rebranding Super Gamescast 64 to the Blow the Cartridge. Blow, blow the Do you the think after 200 episodes that would work? Okay, let me ask you this. Do you have strong listenership? We have a few Change the name. Change the name. I hear a few. Change the name. Blow the cartridge is way better. I think you should should name all of your podcasts and it be part of the Supercast 64 network. Yeah, Supercast 64 network. Yes. But we can rename the podcast. Like the film. We got to figure out something for the film. Just just come up with some some nice uh, turn of phrases and you'll be good. Uh, What's a dirty thing about film? Or movies, uh, just sit a sit a flex, tooth with three X's. Yeah, sit a sit a stump. Sit a stump. I don't know, man. I'm just riffing here, bro. Just riff with me. Just right off the top of your head, riffing, riffing. Sit a stump. I'm trying to sit a sticks. Sit a sticks. What if Justin was on the podcast? It'd be called sit a stump. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. <laughs> We're talking Sopranos season six, seven now, seven episodes, seven and eight, correct? That is correct. These are the penultimate episodes of the show leading up to the series finale. Two, uh, two very juicy episodes to sink your teeth into, Travis. Yeah. I These w- feel like series finale episodes. They do. Uh, in, in The Sopranos, very much like almost every other HBO show, tends to put a lot of their, their big stuff in the, the preceding episodes to the finale. So this falls right mm-hmm. in line with what we're, you know, what we, what we expect with Sopranos. Um, Boy, oh boy, did we shove a bunch of mob shit into the end of this season. <laughs> That's probably the most mob shit we've ever seen in the show. Man, we went, especially in that second episode, it went mm. pretty hard. It went pretty good, fellas. Very good, fellas. Yeah. Very good, fellas. Um, it's the most it's ever felt like an actual mob show. It felt like it felt like this was... So the second episode... Uh, the Blue Comet, written by Matt Weiner and David Chase. Of course, Chase is going to be very heavy-handed in these last couple episodes. But man, oh man, it felt like that was like his. He had a couple of what felt like swipes at the audience in okay. in in that in that episode. Specific swipes at the audience. Uh, I think I read the Sepulveda thing, but go ahead. On, on I, I was kind of dazing off. So sure. So on the, when I was reading it, so you go ahead. The first of which being what we were just talking about: the uh, unbridled mob violence and just mm-hmm. really mob storyline that it seemed like throughout the run of the show that people were clamoring for. Yeah. And then the second, uh, still kind of in that same realm, was during Silvio's shooting, uh, when that motorcycle rider gets. Yeah. destroyed for seemingly no reason and no one tends to him the entire crowd just watches this that's poor dude yeah. get blown away and it's kind of a commentary on uh on the audience that's clamoring for all this bloodshed but when you're fun when you actually see something really see something you don't really do anything it doesn't affect you like you think it should right 
Yeah, it is. is that... A little commentary on the audience. Yeah. Yeah, that was what I read as well. That's what I figured, yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really, really enjoyed these two episodes. The second one, <clears throat> just the sequencing in the second one and how it was put together, the shots. Uh, I, I, it was scary. It was scary. It was you know? really, really, really well done. Like, I, that was definitely David Chase saying, if I were to have made this type of show, this yeah. is how awesome it would be. Yeah. And I, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was pretty fucking cool, man. Uh, the whole, the whole way that this thing has uh, played out for our good old buddy to- Tony, it, it, it's fascinating. And I think that we're starting to get to some like answers to the questions that the show has been posing to us since the beginning, like uh, capability of change uh, being one of the big ones that I feel like we get a pretty def- definitive answer this season from uh being that i think one of the big questions that we've always been asking is like are these characters or in general are tv characters or just people in in general able to change can you change and we've seen some examples throughout the show where there is some people changing there's some generational change going on from the older generation down to the next but mostly we've seen a lot of these characters basically stay the same or even worsen in their condition. I'd say Meadow is worsened. Worsened, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. She's kind of falling into the thing she didn't want to be. But same thing. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the same thing with uh, AJ a little bit. AJ's sounded just like Tony yeah. in, the, in this episode. Like, all the... Uh, it's it's arguing and... and, and Hey, the world's so bleak, and this, and this, mm-hmm. and this, and and terrorists, and people are violent, and and viruses, and your food, and all this stuff, and but it's just kind of, it it's it's, I don't know if it's if it's a it's contrite coming from that character. It it's contrite, but it but also it's like, almost like the floodgates open mm-hmm. where this kid didn't care about anything, yeah, but now he cares about everything, yeah, right, and it's crazy. So like. I don't want to get too super deep, but this is kind of an overview type of thing anyway. Uh, so like, yeah, I'm down to overview. this. I think AJ in that episode, you know, you get, we've been trained throughout the show to kind of dismiss AJ as he's just kind of an idiot that doesn't really know what he's saying or what he's talking about. Can't even commit suicide. Can't even commit suicide. Right. A little too much slack there, buddy. Yeah. But, um, Everything. Bill Melfi might be right. It could have been a call for help. Yeah, for sure. Everything that he says in this second episode are facts, except yeah. except for the whole like Bush will bomb Israel thing that didn't well, end up coming that out. Was bad that was more of a more of a Everyone, prediction type thing. We all look every we we think every president since probably Clinton or or George H W Bush was going to bomb Iran. You're, okay? you're you're right. You're right. Everyone said it about Bush. Everyone said it about Obama. Yeah. People are saying about well. No, People don't really say it about Trump as much. Mm. They thought he was. Yeah. But I don't think he he would. But anyway, so... I don't know. I don't want to get into that shit. Yeah, no, but, me uh, neither. Go ahead, yeah. So, he, he, so we're so trained to dismiss him that all of these things coming out of his mouth, we just dismiss. Yeah, Des- sure. Despite that they're all pretty insightful, because, as Tony put it, kid doesn't open a book for 20 years, and now he's the world's most... He's the world's foremost expert it's just it, yeah. that's that that that's that's what the the audience is thinking, especially at the time when they're like in the thick of the political uh, 
climate. Yeah, that was right. I mean, 2007, so it's it's in it. Oh yeah, we're in it. So, and I would yeah. imagine, I think, I think that might have even been written from the perspective that like this kid's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just spewing. When like 2020 eyes look back at him, and you're like, oh shit, he, he's kind of onto something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the world's fucked up. But like you said, though, it's it's this guy saying it. Exactly. It, it's different when Meadows says it. Yeah. You, that's a little more weight when Meadows says things because she is more studious and, and, and compassionate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it felt bad, you know. For, I don't know. I, I did feel bad for the kid, though, that mm-hmm. he's going through this because it seemed like his whole life, you know, Tony says you've been coddled, and yes, but by both parents mm-hmm. and not really – it just a, a fucked up upbringing, pretty much, right? Yeah. Well, look, how about this? Let's start with let's start with AJ in the first episode. I think that's a good, uh, not a terrible place to start, since it's kind of an isolated part of the story in that episode, anyway. So <clears throat> he he starts all out in the episode very depressed, but being moved by poetry, which is never a great thing for uh for people around his age if you're starting to be moved by poetry and you're like 21 22 <laughs> and you have depressive tendencies people need to keep an eye on you that's all i'm saying yeah that's all i'm saying and uh also lincoln log sandwiches could also cause you to maybe kill yourself that looks gross was that cream cheese on raw I hot dogs was, i thought that was mayonnaise but either way i think it was cream cheese i don't think those were raw hot dogs you think they were cooked yeah i hope so so tony i like tony's like fucking tony's or tony's like fucking homer simpson when he gets home he's like, he's like ooh. ooh with the little twiddly fingers treats. and picks one up treats <laughs> uh, tony's so awesome he's uh, you know what i i kind of want to take a side road here i'm sorry uh, it's less of a side I, road and more of a turnaround we just got down we, the street <laughs> well we mentioned uh oh we mentioned last week about the 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 uh, Tony Soprano, or I'm sorry, James Gandolfini with uh, SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> okay. pictures that were going yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. I actually found a story that was, I think, uh, AV Club did it a few months ago or Ooh. weeks ago about why those, and I sent it to you, why those those pictures, why he was in those pictures. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might have just been like a Hollywood thing, and he brought his son. It's actually for like, uh, for for it was like kids charity stuff. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. It was like a kids charity thing, and there's a whole bunch of pictures with him and Jimmy Neutron and other cartoon characters, and it's like for charity. He had a so whole like, deal with Nickelodeon. J- James Gandolfini, good dude. Good dude. There's also a there's also him on Sesame Street. Yeah, I found a video of that, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> Hey, he just seemed like it, it, he's a guy who died too young. Yes, he he died. We needed too young. more he, Gandolfini. We needed more Gandolfinis. We definitely needed more Gandolfini post Sopranos because we needed to know James Gandolfini, not Tony Soprano. Right, I agree, and, and it's 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 kind of kind of sucks that it seems like the the person was he's so connected to that character, mm-hmm. but he seems so opposite of that character yeah yeah you know it, like yeah. i mean we we've talked about it before his post sopranos career just like i would love to have seen what he did with it just yeah. just based on and i kind of like i think we come back to him a lot but uh brian cranston's post breaking bad career like i think we kind of expected more of a a big Ride. Yeah, he kind of went back to doing B rule, B roll kind of movies. Yeah, and you know yeah, he's done some yeah. good stage work, and yeah. some of in the things that he has done, I haven't heard any bad reviews on, except no. except for maybe the Franco movie you did. 
Which one? Oh, it wasn't bad. I didn't hear it was terrible. It was just kind of a comedy. It was kind of a cameo. He was doing a cameo of him from Malcolm Malcolm in the Middle too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and I think I think the difference with Cranston is we know him from Malcolm in the Middle and other things, and he's he's a lot more open as far as like. Uh, interviews uh-huh. and going and doing press or where it seemed like James Gandolfini didn't do anything. Right. And so that kind of drives down at my point is like, if a guy like Cranston who all of a sudden is identified with this character and like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we know him from Malcolm middle, but he's fucking Walter white. Yeah. And I know like, I mean, it's difficult for these guys and gals to get away from these characters and yeah. kind of spread their wings post that show ending. And I know that's got to be somewhat of a struggle for Cranston. And I imagine with the way that Gandolfini is probably would have been a bigger struggle for him. There was that movie with um, Joey Mm Louis-Dreyfus, right? Uh, It was in production when he died, right? Uh, No, it was done when he died. It It was was finished. uh, You can watch it. Um, I hear it's pretty good. You know, I don't know if that's maybe like a post-mortem. It's made a few maybe it's a little better now but i hear it's good and he kind of plays kind of a just a just a dude mm-hmm. and they it's like a, a it's like a romantic comedy yeah yeah i love julie louis dreyfus so yeah anyway what, what we're talking about i'm sorry I, I aj's uh aj attempted suicide <laughs> yeah i don't mean to laugh i don't mean to laugh that was uh pretty failed yeah it, terrible just absolutely terrible um kind of i don't know it's just a weird deal man like he, he just he just is he can't do anything right the poor boy and then maybe melfi's right maybe it was a call for help but honestly i kind of tend to agree with tony he's just <laughs> kind of a dumbass yeah just kind of an idiot kind of doesn't really think it through no didn't didn't think well my my parents pool is 10 feet deep i should probably make sure this rope is less than nine feet yeah, because I'm I'm six feet. Mm, this is gonna pose a problem. <sighs> I did like the scene after with uh, Tony jumps in like a badass in his full suit. Yeah, and then fishes him out. Okay, this and is we we get kind of we get kind of like, you know, the mean macho Tony, mm-hmm. the mean like you know, and but then it turns into like him being like it's the most compassionate we've ever seen him. Okay, and then what's the yeah. very next scene? Uh, what what he, he scolds him right. He's in the hospital and he's yeah. back to being kind of glossy eyed. Don't care about yeah. anything, Tony. Yeah. So I think this is this is a perfect microcosm of what I was talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I finished my thought earlier about the change thing, but I think the ultimate answer to the change thing is that in order to change, you have to actually want to change. Right. And so Tony there. <clears throat> does a really interesting like that's an interesting reaction just out of you know he gets him out of the pool and then he's he's tony you know he's scolding him he's mad at what's wrong with you this that yeah. and the other he's tony he's livia but then immediately like he sees that his baby is hurting and he breaks down and maybe the most vulnerable we've ever seen tony and i know i've said that several times but you know cradling and holding your 20 year old son and tell, calling him a baby is pretty vulnerable and then immediately they drop him off at the hospital and he's back to glossy glossy eye don't care tony back to being livia so like Mm -hmm. there's just it's it's like he does 
there's part of him that does want to change and be a different person. So at the beginning of the episode, he's explained to Melfi kind of what he saw. Yes. In that, in, uh, in trying to take peyote and he, and, 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 and there's a line and then, uh, hold on, let me find the line here. He says, um, Oh man. And it kind of, it kind of encompasses Tony. Like he is a smart guy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he is smarter than the people he surrounds himself mm-hmm. with, maybe, and more or more in touch with his maybe feelings or psychology or something, mm-hmm. uh, comparatively. And what is the line here? I'm trying to find it. I think I'm. I'm sorry. I'm is it the one long. about like uh, how you get this idea and? You stick to it for a while, and then it just kind of fades into the... Yeah, so pretty is much. Is that the one you're looking for? <clears throat> I believe so, because he kind of talks about his experience. And all I can say is I saw for pretty certain that this, everything we see, yeah, experience, it's not, uh, it's not all there is. But then it kind of becomes fleeting, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, yes, that, that's Tony in a nutshell, always pushing towards some realization greater than what his relatives, colleagues, and friends can muster, but uh, invariably coming up short. Mm-hmm. So he, and, and he mentions also like this movie that kind of does the same thing where and I think we all get that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we get that <clears throat> sense of maybe uh, a revelation or a sense of there's something else mm-hmm. where we... we, you know, get something, but then we kind of go back to regular life. We get lazy. And it's very... Yeah, it's hard to right. change. It's hard to do it things is. that you don't normally do, or right. or to do some or to not do something that you normally do. It's very, very, mm-hmm. very difficult, and I think we all re- realize that. It's it's just you know like uh, like quitting smoking. Like there's tons of people that want to quit smoking, mm-hmm. but they can't quit smoking because like inside they still want to smoke a cigarette. Like just because you want to quit doing something doesn't mean that just all of a sudden it just turns off the ability or the uh the like urge to do or don't do something you know like Mm -hmm. it's still it's just like uh like melfi comes to the realization that there's no point in the process with tony like it's all a process and if if somebody's not working through the process then it doesn't it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to turn out also we have uh carmella kind of blaming tony for the sopranos curse they're both blaming each other yeah they are blaming each other for 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 their son what happened yep which i think is unfair to blame the dad it's a little unfair it's also probably scientific scientifically factual yeah i think so uh but yeah no it's it's definitely not something you should say to someone it feels like every single fight that they have has just been boiling for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and then it just explodes their yeah. their scene their fight scenes are just their chef's kiss amazing. Those two, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of chemistry they got to, to to just have hate flow out of them in these these scenes. But man, they channel it really good. Um, let me see here. We can talk about Melfi here. I mean, Melfi more in the next episode, but mm-hmm. this is where she kind of gets. Her psychiatrist, her friend, what's his face? I have his name his written down. Uh, Nerdy ass Coop for Yeah, yeah. 
And so this is so the they talk about the study, right? About sociopaths using therapy to sharpen their skills. Now, if I'm gonna, and we can still do this at some point if you want to, but if I want to put some negativity on this show, it's 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 a lot of it comes from Melfi. Like I I love mm-hmm. her character, but the storylines and the way they play out a lot of the information for her doesn't really jive like this is a real case that they're talking about it's a real study and it came out in 1977 so you're trying to tell me that two licensed psychologists don't know about this study about sociopaths from 30 years prior you would think i think it's they would have some knowledge right you would think yeah like it works for I the story. You said it was a new study. He did, but about. it's not a new study. It's not a new study because that was just, okay. That was done in 1977, okay. <laughs> and like, unless we're talking about the Sopranos being in a totally different universe, is suddenly this, is this the same, the same study that they used in like uh, Science of the, or Red Dragon and Science of the Lambs and Manhunter and Mindhunter and all that stuff? Is Maybe. that the same deal? Maybe. The whole I, 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 I how to find a sociopath or a psychopath. Yeah, I'm not certain. The cer- whole criteria. I'm not certain about that because like it, it, from what I was from what I read it was just this study about psychopaths or, okay. and, or sociopaths and therapy. and therapy. Yeah. Not necessarily like the definition of sociopaths. Okay, I'm thinking of something else totally then. Yeah, no, this is this is just the you know the the study he was talking about. Like that specific study. study was done you in could a, always say in this world i don't know i guess it just um, it seems like a weird it i think that's a big leap to all of a sudden just decide that the sopranos are in another world and that this study is right. new now right right like it's just kind of yeah i think they needed something they needed to, something to accelerate what was happening yeah because like and it's they so had a study but they wanted to i don't know because then they needed something yeah in the next episode it gets shoehorned into uh the, the, the dinner, dinner party. and we'll get to that but then it's so heavy-handed she's sitting in her bed at night highlighting the yeah. lines for the audience to read and it, and then she comes to this realization i i just i find that a little unbelievable and you would think you would think like she would realize that and she, she would and i mean it's weird that she would even dump them now yeah right because didn't she definitely was kind of liking it mm-hmm. or it you know. feels a, a lot like it feels a lot like her storyline got accelerated now i do know that that she was they shot and there was supposed to be another melfi scene in the finale okay but it got cut um so we don't know what it is it never got released so we don't know what oh, exactly really? it was supposed to be um so it just feels a lot like her storyline got accelerated at the end. It was like, oh, we forgot to we forgot to wrap up Melfi because they've been toying with her dropping him all all season, even back to the previous season six A or six, yeah. whatever you want to call it. She's been toying with the idea for a couple of seasons now, but then like suddenly somebody presents this case that we're kind of you know giving a little leeway to even if we give the leeway to it in two days she decides to drop him and with everything that's going on that seems very irresponsible for somebody that we consider to be a very good uh character and psychologist mm-hmm. psychiatrist yeah maybe she's not maybe she is i mean th- this show doesn't necessarily i mean it, it it was praised for giving light to psychology but i wouldn't say the psychiatrists in this show are very good 
I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I would agree with that. But I think that we've always, I think that we, and we've talked about it before. She might be the best of the group, but. It might be a Tony think, situation yeah. where like, just because you're the best of the group doesn't necessarily yeah. make you good. Right. So maybe that's yeah. what, it, that very well could be it. But I think it's, I think it was a storytelling device. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hundred percent storytelling. Device. Yeah. But if you're, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't ruin the episode or anything. It's just like. And and in fact, if I hadn't read that little note, I wouldn't have even known. It wouldn't have bothered right. me at all. But well, I, yeah, I don't think they're expecting a lot of people to go read that note. No, and, but then in the second episode, I was like, "This is happening really quickly, and it yeah. seems like a ridiculous time for her to drop." But like again, we're there's three hours left in the thing. We need to f- we need to wrap up some shit, and we uh, need to get everyone in there do some shit. Why we've made uh, a few things wildly clear. Number one, the mob ain't that fucking important throughout most of this, and number two, no. neither is Melfi, and that's why we only talked to her for two minutes an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at my notes, my notes, my notes, my notes. Uh, we have some fucking 2007 shit, like Borat references. Yeah, little uh, little Borat and and Pol- Borat. You love Borat. Nice. Such good stuff. We, we have Into the Ocean playing, which I liked that song for a little while. The uh, I forgot what the band's called. You know what I'm talking about? The uh, Into the Ocean. I don't know how. Sometimes I feel like I'm falling in the ocean. Song he was listening to when they're talking about Borat. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I have a big hole in my musical knowledge, and that okay. sounds like something that might fall into that hole. Well, that song was playing. Yeah, during that. Did it release prior to when this season came out? Yes. Well, then yeah. I probably didn't hear it. Okay. I didn't start listening to popular music until like 2007. Okay. So like anything that well, look was at you. new. Yeah, anything that was new from like 91 to 2007, I didn't hear. We also have, okay, so kind of the mob stuff. Well, yeah, the mob stuff, but I if guess. You wanna, if you want to, if you want to, there's one little note, that, two notes that we could do before oh, we ahead. get to mob stuff. Um, Meadow reveals her, uh, her boyfriend is Patrick Parisi, the nerdy yeah. fucking mobster's kid. Yeah. And uh nobody's real happy about that it seems. No. Except for uh Charmaine and Artie, they fucking love that. Um That was a weird interaction between them and the Sopranos. Wasn't it? And that's their final yeah. uh final time on the show too. Yeah. They're just taking a victory lap around the Sopranos like, "Oh, really? Law yeah. school, huh?" Not uh-huh. I don't know why that's worse than medical school. I'd be proud to be I have either. no clue why I just don't Maybe maybe criminal I don't know, criminal law that's kinda goes into what Tony's doing. Gets a little know. closer to home, I would imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the uh Yeah, the law school thing. And then also the red herring of the season, Tony IDs the the, the Middle Eastern guys. Yeah. Which this now, uh after the next episode when Agent Harris kind of gives him the that the, the, the orders may have been placed for his hit and several others, that this seems like Agent Harris is, was just trying to get a little information from Tony just so that he could, hey, by the way, there's some shit going down. Just make it a fair, even trade to keep up appearances yeah. is what it kind of seemed like. Because like, they're getting very little from him anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's such a small uh, piece of what's going on. It, apart from being a red herring, Maybe maybe that's what was going on. He was just trying to yeah. keep things on the up and up. Right. Maybe. 
trying to help out his old old bud get yeah. sandwiches and shit you know yeah oh it is weird not to see chris in an episode very weird very very yeah. weird the uh also there but we do have sort of a connection to chris in this uh in this episode i guess chris has not been in episodes but it is weird the feeling that christopher will not be in this episode you know what i mean yeah 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 when they're at the psych ward though uh there's an episode of the hit television comedy joey playing and I, okay i don't know if you know this but after uh after adriana left us on sopranos she went to joey she went to joey so uh her presence is still being felt all right there you go and then also another connection to chris in this episode was melfi and we kind of touched on this a minute ago melfi told tells uh when talking about aj she tells tony that you understand uh mental suffering and depression and suicide you get that so you can you know relay that to aj and tell him how how that works that's the same thing chris told him but here's the problem he totally understands depression he understands that people get depressed and people are sad and people have mental health issues he absolutely does not understand the cause of this and he absolutely does not understand how to make it better and that is why he has such a hard time connecting with those things apart from being an empath uh empathetic toddler uh he he absolutely cannot make the connection with those things and ultimately that's part of his demise so the mafia stuff we have pretty much phil being total d we're 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 you know, it's funny. Uh, except, well, kind of comparing to Polly a little bit because Polly's entitled. Polly, yeah. you know, he's he feels like he's a martyr, but Polly is kind of. I mean, he's lower rank, first of all, and yeah. he's also uh, not that smart, and he's also kind of played off somewhat as comedic in a way. Yeah, Paul Phil is just the unfunny Polly. Yeah, the un. Because Polly can be, and it's like, I, and I mentioned to you, and I tell people this a lot now. I mentioned um, to you that, like, yeah, we talk about this, we talk about the show, and I always come to the conclusion after that Tony Soprano was a horrible person, mm-hmm. unlikable. But then throughout the week, I'm like, Tony Soprano is kind of cool, <laughs> uh, and and it's sort of the same thing with Polly. It's like, yeah, Polly's just a miserable mm-hmm. fuck. But then it's like, yeah, Polly's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> throughout. So he's, he's, he can be a, he's a good character. The thing about Phil and Polly, Phil's <clears throat> a yeah, Phil's a yeah, he's an he's an asshole. unlikable dickhead. But the thing about them is they are kind of the last ves- vestiges left from the the era of prosperity in the like seventies mm. and eighties. So yeah. you had <clears throat> Tony's dad and Junior, who were you know the fifties and sixties era. And then you have the 70s and 80s era guys. And Phil and Polly are kind of, they're the in-between of those, not original, but like the second generation gangster that still had a lot of code and a lot of like, a lot of things that they uphold and they hold true and they do business a certain way and they're very traditional. And then it's it's kind of the difference of the generations, just like how we saw the difference between how uh, Tony handled AJ attempting to commit suicide in the way Livia probably would have handled yeah. Tony trying to commit suicide. 
uh, you're seeing the difference in the generations between uh, the way, say, uh, Tony and Johnny Sack did business than the way yeah. that Phil and probably Polly would be doing business. Well, and, and think of the way that um, I always forget his name, but Jackie. And mm-hmm. you remember that whole scene where they go to rob the uh, the the card game, mm-hmm. just like what, just like Tony and Jackie did. Yep. And, and or Tony and um and that and doesn't play anymore. It. Yeah. No. And like Tony, when that happened, it, it, it ironically Who knows what happened. Right. You know, uh, on right. That, but on like ironically, it was uh slightly looser that they respected the balls enough to not kill, not to kill you, but we're at a. Also, money was a lot more free-flowing back then, so guys were mm-hmm. probably not as upset about losing a couple grand, whereas now, things are tight. Like, we've established that, that the mob is on the, on the, on the decline, and so you try and knock over a little game like that, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in uh, some big, big trouble. And you kill some people, too. That kill doesn't help. Men. That doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't help. Does not help. Yeah, there there definitely is a generational kind of co- commentary in the show, and you're right about Tony. Uh, I, I kind of skimmed over that. I'm sorry when you were saying that. Yeah, Tony does not understand, and it's the the mental uh, what mental health is. Even though he has mental mm-hmm. issues, and he he admits he has mental issues. He doesn't understand where that comes from yeah. or why or how to handle. Right, it like whatsoever. I said, he he can he acknowledges that they're there and that they're a real thing that people need to deal with. But he just for a dude that's been in therapy for seven years she says, at least yeah. you know like it he's, he's he says seven years yeah. yeah so like he's not uh he's he's a sociopath he's not really not really catching right. on to those things his lack of empathy will not allow him to make those connections to mm-hmm. whether it be himself or anybody else he just it just yeah. it, he, it, he just can't because if very much like the system in which the mob works and the system in which the Sopranos work, the cops, the uh, TV, like everybody's being bound by their system. And Tony's brain system has no empathy in it. So he can't, he can't compute that there are causations for depression and for mental health issues to him, it's just a sickness. It's just a gene that's been put mm-hmm. on him. And that just because his great-great-granddaddy gr- drove a, a cart off a cliff when he was probably having a panic attack and blacked out, that that's why. That's why. There's nothing he can do about it. It's just it's it's part of the way it is. Um, but it's not. It's not. No. There's always ways to change, but Tony can't. Right. Okay, let's get to the mob stuff now. Yeah, so um, pretty much Phil has had it. He wants to start a war. He's he's trying to start a war. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not negotiating with uh, with Tony. He uh, thinks Tony. You know, well, he, he didn't serve any prison time. He's that 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 crew over in Jersey. Is just a, it's just a it's just a it's what do you say like a pygmy tribe yeah. or something? Yeah, pygmies. You know, they're they're nothing. They're, and you know what's funny is he's like kind of right. Like they kind of do fuck things up and botch things. They botched the, uh, the 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 murder of Phil. You know they're not great over there, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of bumbling a little bit. Yeah, and I think we get because they're the outfit that we see the most. I think we get the uh, impression that that's the way it is. Yeah, but I have a, and we'll I'll give it in the middle 
when we pass this episode. But I'll give you a little recommendation of something to watch if you're feeling feeling lost after the final episode. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I. Uh, so yeah, so pretty much, they want to put a hit on Tony and some of his men. Yeah, they want to put a hit on uh, Sill and um, Bobby Bacala and Tony. They want to kind of do what they did in season one uh, with Junior's crew. Mm-hmm. like. They're going to knock off whoever, then take the rest. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's kind of, <clears throat> so they leave the meeting with Phil. Oh, and unless you're getting to it. Are you getting I think to the, the meadow uh, thing? Yes. Yeah. So that was like the first time Tony's family has been affected. Physically. Yes. Yeah. And that felt like a violation. It felt, I mean, it was a it was a violation on Meadow sexually harassing her. Yes. Yeah. But it was a violation. Like, like the sirens were going off. Like, right. You could fuck with Tony money and whatever. His, his you guys. Fuck with his family. No, that's <clears throat> you know. especially not his daughter. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that was known. Like they, they know, yeah. they know you don't, they, but, but he feels like that, you know, they felt like, Hey, Paul, uh, Phil's going to back us up so we can do whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So, this this whole show dude like i think unlike a lot of shows like this there's no like even this season like while excuse me while phil phil is being portrayed as as the like primary big bad but man it it just it, it comes back to it comes back every single time to depression and mental health like every single time mm-hmm. like he admits after when he tracks Coco down and curb stomps him. And then he's talking to uh, Carmine. He's like, yeah, bad timing. I kind of fucked that one up. Yeah. And like the, the decision maker for all of these dudes is, is, is like whatever happened right there, make a split decision. If you're pissed off about it, do something to fix that for you. If you're happy about it, have a drink. So like the decision maker here. Instead of like thinking about the situation that you're in, I get it. I would react very well. I probably wouldn't curb stomp somebody, but I would. You would go in there and have some words at the very least. Um, You know, somebody said that to my daughter, but you also have to think like you're on the precipice of war with these guys already. No way that's a word. I don't know. I feel like. No way that's a word. No way that's a word. Um, but he has like he knows that and instead of cuz what he probably could have done is just that would have been a Dude, really Phil wasn't talked to him though he wasn't Phil would not see not him. yet no that was not yet well well, well that no, was no, no, after. But, like i doubt i doubt he would even even he's thinking like dude phil won't even i'm not going to phil phil already blew me off Right. Yeah. So why even go to him? Well, that's Tony Soprano thinking. That's defeatist thinking. Thinking he's boxing. But do you think Phil would have talked to him? He's boxing. Do you think Phil would have done anything? Maybe not. But you have to try. Or if you don't try and you curb stomp somebody, you start a war. Oh no, hundred percent. And yeah, Tony was thinking instinctively right here. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not even like faulting him for making this particular move. Uh It's just when he made it. It's some. It's the opposite of the the rape thing. It's something you yeah. really wanted to see, and you got it, it right. Yeah. You got that. You got to see that guy do, get get beat up. Exactly, and uh, yeah. 
and maybe, you know, I don't know. It's just the decision driver for these dudes is all out of whack. And, uh, just for the, I mean, the show and he may, you know, he makes that decision, which then turns into, uh, still getting, or then they have to put out the hit on Phil and that goes poorly. And then we get into the whole, whole next episode. Yeah. It was just a bad, bad, bad idea. Like he just Mm -hmm. should not have handled it. And even like, even, even, fucking phil's little dude that i cannot stand yeah he's he's had like 10 lines in the entire show and i hate him more than i hate janice yeah even he was like you do not want to do this this way you do not want to do this this way even he who wants a war maybe more than phil was like this is not it dude not like this yeah and here we are the best you know he he let it get the best of him yeah then phil's up and his little little uh, little perch, <laughs> little tower, like a coward. Yeah, Car- yeah. Carmine. I like Carmine. He's a funny. Oh character. yeah, I always like Carmine. He's awesome. I, I he is an underrated character. He is. People don't talk about him a lot, but he's he's very underrated. He's the perfect like sleazy businessman yeah. slash mobster. You know? Yeah. Like he just yeah, looks yeah. like kind of a greaseball, but oh, yeah. but like has some nice shit. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's great. He might be uh, uh he might be a sleeper favorite character. Yeah, I like when he calls yeah. him Uncle Philly, and he's yeah. why does he have to be this way? <laughs> he might be the most relatable. He might be the most sympathetic. He's honestly, he might be the guy that yeah. like assessed the situation and decided to take the easy route out of retirement instead of doing what Tony did, which was dig his nails yeah. in deeper. Like it, cautionary tales, man. He also like remember when the first few seasons Tony was the mediator, he's kind of turned into the mediator. He kind of has. Well, to. he has the mediator. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It, I love how this show uh, keeps continuity with a lot of things without mm. making it incredibly obvious. Like they didn't just say now that Tony is no longer mediating, now Carmine will be doing this, mm-hmm. and it's just I love how the the how the system and the machine keeps rolling. It doesn't matter who's alive and who's been shot this season. Uh, let's see. We have any, anything else big in this episode? I think that's kind of it. It will go. I mean, it's it kind of blends right into the next episode where yeah. things go down. I will say, um, the scene at the Bing after AJ goes into the psychiatric ward was really good where Tony comes in yeah. and he's like, all right, what do we want to say? And they were all pr- very supportive. And like, it, it shows how the beginning of the show, like how much they have changed. Like some people are changing the beginning of the show. It was, su- he was such a pariah that it couldn't even be mentioned that anybody was doing any type of therapy thing. And then it is a little different when it's the boss's kid, obviously, but yeah. they were also very supportive and, you know, like, and they all talked about some things that their own kids have gone through. Carmine talked mm-hmm. about something. That was also a funny moment where, again, yeah. Tony <laughs> is fishing for somebody else to have a shittier life than he does. Um, asking about Carmine's read- kids reading or something like that. I don't remember. Um, uh, I think I thought I had one more thing, but maybe I don't. Oh, uh, I talked about this last week that AJ's depressive nature and the way that he's uh, walking around acting that maybe Livia's 
Livia's oh, little yeah. speech. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that you called it. Yeah. I didn't know if you looked ahead or I something. did not. I swear to God, yeah. didn't look ahead. Totally just was like, this. Yeah. all this sounds like Livia. Yeah. That whole uh, nothing matters. You die alone. You die in your own arms. Yep. And that that was you. Yeah, you called that last week. <laughs> you really did. Uh, that was that was good. Yeah. That he brings that up in therapy. Uh, also, yeah. Um, pretty much things falling apart. I guess uh, Sepulwall into the went into the poem that uh, AJ was reading. Mm-hmm. So AJ tries to get himself to the pool. Um, After too much time studying W.B. Yeats' poem that lends its style to the episode, Yeats' bleak outlook on the future of civilization, things fall apart, the center cannot hold, applies to the whole season. The center of Tony's world, the man he loved and trusted most, is coming undone. Bacala, Jr., Polly, Hesh, Chris, either humiliated or marginalized or dead at Tony's hands. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, and there's, I mean, so... After AJ goes into the hospital and things have gotten out of control with Phil and among all of the other things going on with Tony, he really only has like one controllable thing left in his life and that's therapy, Mm -hmm. which uh, is going to last all of 10 more minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so we, we talked about the dinner they had, and, and it was very unprofessional of what's-his-name to do that. The biggest, Maybe the biggest dick move in the entire yeah. series. Like the, It might have been. And honestly, I put it on Melfi. Like, you can't, your therapist cannot be your friend. No, no, not at all. It's just not going to work. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, she's even said that to her, you know, Tony. Uh, and no, you cannot be your friend. You cannot be, I, I, I don't know. That's weird if a therapist has a therapist, maybe. I, is that kind of weird? I don't think that that's weird because I find I think that therapy is good for a lot of people, not people that are just like depressed or need like yeah. Like I think it's a good outlet, but I, I I think it's definitely it's it's way off base for them to even he definitely not even in, friends. In, like I think that's yeah. just that's that doesn't I don't even think that happens. But to even be colleagues that like know each other at yes. all. Uh, I, I find that to be really weird to have any similar acquaintances uh, like, I guess you could have some acquaintances just in the industry, but well, like, well, it, you, it shows you right here that he knows her, where her patient is. Yeah. He's obsessed with her patient. Like he, and like, he is obsessed in like a voyeur level where he, you know, he likes watching the news and mm-hmm. saying what's going to go on. Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then when it's like too real, you know, it's like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Uh-uh, he's a bad guy. Well, even she tells him, like, you're, you're the one that's been such a sycophant about yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. But we also talked about, I don't want to get too too much into this. Like, I think, uh, I think this was pretty heavy-handed, pretty abrupt for the way that they, like, build to her kicking Tony out of therapy. He absolutely deserves to be kicked out of therapy and probably should have been kicked out of therapy a long time ago. I mean, Tony brings up a lot of the same concerns that we did. Like you're really kicking me out now. This is, this is when this is today. Like my kid has got this all going on. And then all the things that I can't even talk to you about that I have going on. Um, it seems irresponsible. (laughs) Yeah. Also hilarious that he told Carmela that he quit. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, and she is right that he, you know, he, she hasn't really done much for him. No, <laughs> last, no, no, not really. Um, I mean, we we've, we've talked ad nauseum about that. That a lot of times it felt like uh, if there's one big criticism I criticism I have of the show is that they wasted Melfi for the last like three and a half seasons. Yeah, they they did. I just think there's a lot of meat left on that bone. I guess it's hard to do it if you can't, you know, the whole. Because you would like it, like if hey Carmella was thrown in the whole ring and you mm-hmm. could talk to Melfi more and wish we would have kids. expanded on that. That would have been fun. Yeah, and but I guess legally you can't do that, right? What patient, patient? You can't have a be a patient to a husband and wife unless you're, I guess, your group therapy or couples yeah. therapy. Um, I don't know though. The, and but... then the other part is, is like, what do you cut? Where do you cut? Like, I don't right. know that I want to lose anything that we got. Maybe there's an episode here or there that, you know, we didn't love or anything, but I don't, I don't know where you put the extra Melfi. It sucks that we, that we didn't get more of that character and more in depth with that character. But I think, uh, I think she served her purpose. I think that, uh, I just wish we could, I got a little bit more, a little bit more of uh, the breadcrumbs to her kicking her mm-hmm. out and less on the nose of just, you know, like highlighting and underlining the reasons why she's going to do it the night before after the, and that the night after talking about it with a bunch of people after she got embarrassed mm-hmm. a little heavy handed, but nothing like nothing crazy, not really pissed off or anything about it. It is funny that he does tell her that uh, he, he gets real hurt when she tells him and she's, he's like, we're making progress. Yeah, bro, win. Oh, by the way, when Tony was talking to AJ, we got some poor Hughes. Like you mentioned, it's it's yeah. pretty much he's he's turned into his mother. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think the first half of this season, really, I think the so I think season six and six and seven are very 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 much about like fathers and sons, but that uh, like the whole show is just smeared with Olivia, you know she's yeah. everywhere she is the main character yeah I, maybe she's the main villain yeah right her yeah i mean she is the the sauron of the show where you never see them mm-hmm. but they're there her they're always there I and mean, she's been lording over she's yeah set up shop right in tony's mind since day one and right has not left yep which is great that's 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 a great villain yeah uh, we do get some gabagoo. We did. We got gabagoo. Got a, one more gabagoo before we shut this bad boy down. One more gabagoo. We got the FBI guy. We kind of already talked about that. Him warning Tony. Mm-hmm. Didn't we? Or did we? Yeah, we did. We had a Raging Bull reference, which uh, the guy who played Phil, I think that was like his kind of uh, big role. Hmm. I think he was in Raging Bull, the something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was in that movie, which is always fun. Um. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, they know that Phil's guys are coming for them. And no, don't forget about Janice coming over to ask Tony to start paying. One last time, yeah. To ask, One last time we get Janice. She came over to ask him to start helping with Junior and his, and his money situation. And I think this is, yeah. this is like, this is where the, the like poison inside Tony finally just, it's, it's, is just spewing over now like he's yeah still, he he's just hateful to be hateful and and then yes now they're now they're getting balls deep in in hit squad 
They are. And, uh, yeah, it, this feels like a kind of a Goodfellas. We kind of talked about some of it already, but it, it definitely feels more mobster, mobster. And it, and it's, it's scary and you feel tense. Uh, mm-hmm. they have, a, a botched mob. They have a botched hit on, I guess it was, it was Phil's Gumar and her dad, but they, which looks just like Phil, right? It was another, another man attacked by the silver Fox. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately this did not, this Jersey crew kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. They kind they kind of screwed that up. Kind of messed that one up. And yeah. And, uh, so we get, we do see Bobby, uh, getting a, going to his train store. And we're talking about, I know there is some stuff, uh, Sepawal did. He mentioned sort of kind of the old, like they're talking about old times, you know, yeah. better times, Bob, 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 kind of nostalgia. Yeah, Bobby hearkening back to a better time. Also, you know, like he, his son is referenced in this scene. His son doesn't care. His son about this. doesn't care, which is, that's the last thing that Bobby ever says, which is incredibly sad when you consider the yeah. last thought that he held about his still, what he thought was his still living wife was that uh this traffic fucking sucks and i hate it yeah. turns out uh oops it's tra- bobby might be one of the more tragic care very much like adriana like a semi uh a semi innocent after he kind of you know lost his innocence killing the guy he's kind of become more cold mm-hmm. right he's but yeah i mean we've always liked bobby i mean he's been a little annoying here and there but we've liked him mm-hmm. you know he's he's definitely he's not the uh, the he's always been sympathetic right right yeah yeah and it, it you know it's, it just sucks <laughs> that one that was that was a rough one and you know he talks about uh in the first episode of this season about never seeing uh death coming yeah which isn't totally how it worked you know no it was it's more like you don't see death coming until you pay attention until you're paying attention and looking for it any, you know, uh, they kind of called everyone to, like, hey, emergency, everyone needs to get to shelter, and he just didn't bring his phone with him. Always have your cell phone on you. It wouldn't, you know what? That scene would not have worked in 2020. Yeah. Because he would have had his smartphone on. Yeah. Right? Also, um, we were just talking about Bobby starting to grow a little colder and maybe a little bit uh, more into the mold of what we should see for probably a uh, an underboss is where he, mm-hmm. his, his future was headed. Um, he, they, they went to go talk to Tony about getting more money for junior and, uh, Bobby just decided to buy an $8,000 train set. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's, that's always a thing, isn't it? It's the guy who won't pay the dues, but he's going to buy a a new TV or a PlayStation. Well, think about all these times. You see it all the time, Travis, trust me. He was, uh. (laughs) He was chasing the uh, chasing the vig just like uh, Tony is. He's playing with yeah. house money. That's all it is. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, he just doesn't have any. His his junior budget ran dry because his mm-hmm. train budget was bigger that month. You just get them trains, man. My dad was Loves big into trains. big into model trains. Yeah, yeah. Still big into model trains. He's got those motherfuckers going through his walls man. and all kinds of stuff. Oh wow. Yeah. My dad's not into that shit. Okay. Good. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then you have uh, Bob, uh, no, Bobby, uh, Sill leaving the Bing with Patsy. With Patsy, right? Yeah. yeah. 
and they are headed off at the pass. And we talked a bit about this scene a moment ago. Patsy ends up getting away, but Sill uh, Sill does not get away, and he is, he is kind of lack of a better term, a vegetable. Yeah, say that it seems that that Phil that, that yeah Sill is. I don't think you can say that. I don't know that you can. Sill's as good as dead. Doesn't he? Doesn't have a real great outlook. No, doesn't look like things are going to turn out for him. Which sucks. Paulie actually he, says a very insightful thing. Actually, maybe the most smartest thing he ever did was like I think they were telling him what they needed to do, and he's just like, "Hey, I was there in the '70s, and I made it out by the skin of my testicles." Mm-hmm. So he kind of understood like what was going on, right? Like, yeah, like this Which is, is kind of interesting. Yeah, and <clears throat> and that's that. I just um, there's a funny a funny scene when they're in the. Uh, the safe house at the end. And we'll talk about him breaking the news to Carmen AJ before we get done here. But there's a funny scene in the safe house where you, you look around and Bobby's not there. There's only, but a cutout of Syl. Um, and this is, this is Livia's house and they're apparently using it as a sort of a, a being overflow storage storage area. But there's, it's funny, you look around in that room and Tony's heading upstairs and the most senior member is Polly. Yeah. And that's a little scary to think about is that that guy is kind of running the show down there. He is, well, I think he kind of forgot what he gets, but I know like he gets like some kind of promotion in the next episode. Does he? Yeah, I know it's like something where like yeah, and but it also kind of shows you like this guy is like a survivor. This guy mm-hmm. is as much as a narcissistic, uh, kind, petty kind of like asshole. Phil. He just outlasted yeah. everybody. He does. Yeah, he's a survivor, man. Shit, Paul. Honestly, like we'll talk about it next week when we get to the finale. But uh, Paulie's probably the biggest candidate to take over, considering he yeah. he has a relationship with New York. Like uh-huh. it might have been more John on uh, was it Johnny Sack? Johnny Sack might be more. Well, actually, it wasn't. Wait, yeah. Well, that, remember because he was saying that uh, Car uh, Carmine, Carmine, yeah, said that he really likes you, man. He's all about you getting in the crew, and he lied to him. He didn't know who he yeah. was at all. Yeah, but I bet he does have connections over there. Oh yeah. yeah. Being as old as he is, he's. I mean, he's got to be a top choice, and he'll probably. Paulie seems like a dude that would play ball. He's a survivor, like we just said. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Things have soured with his current crew anyway, so I think he he would probably. It's gotten a little better. It has actually in the past <clears throat> few episodes. Yeah, like Tony's brought him in more. Yeah, in the fold. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Uh, I and I, I I remember they were Tony was good to him in the last episode, mm-hmm. or did something good for him. I forgot. I think yeah, I think they've kind of mended a little bit, mended the bridges. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it ends with Tony falling to sleep with one eye open in a, in a machine gun that Bobby gave him yeah. in his hands, waiting. Just, I mean, it uh, it feels like he knows that death is close. Yeah. He knows that they they royally fucked this situation up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, him telling Carmella was interesting. Like, she didn't go crazy like she did when she heard Chris died. Mm-hmm. She seemed more like she kind of knew what was going on. She knew. I think that she, this was, I think she always knew that this was probably the way it was going to go. Yeah. And yeah, she's probably 
very similar to Tony being uh, relieved that Chris is gone, that kind of the burden is off of her now. Um, I think it was even more interesting, AJ, him telling AJ. Yeah, that was kind of a weird, hard-to-watch scene where he's telling him and AJ looks like he's like 10 in his bed. Yeah, and right? he's, he's trying to, you know, he's trying. Really, Tony is trying to just, yeah. you know get the message across without being tony but he's just i i did like i did like uh favorite line though was chris was like because he had his new girlfriend in there and he was like hey we could have been doing stuff in here (laughs) he's like but you weren't yeah that was great but (laughs) you weren't were you good one (laughs) so yeah what are you doing nothing not doing that are you fucking (laughs) you're on the bed she's on the internet nothing good's happening here uh yeah that's funny yeah really good uh really really good stuff there and then everybody ends up staying at the house like we said and tony goes to sleep with his gun um let's see anything that i've got left i will say that um despite the abruptness and we talked about it a lot in this episode but the way tony's in his his therapy ends I think that's an extremely realistic situation. Uh, typically, you get like people in therapy for these types of things. Unfortunately, do not see the other the other side of their depression or their mental health issue. Mm. Usually, either they or the therapist give up, and that's usually really? that's usually how therapy ends. Is that where'd you get that information? That's just kind of how it is. I don't have any statistics on it. It's just oh. kind of a a thing. Like, it sounds terrible. Well, it's you know, depression is not a depression is not like the cold like having a cold like it's kind of right. something that if you do have a proclivity to but, you can end up back in it right but like can't you get skills and learn skills absolutely like, yeah, i'm fine to be on my own now absolutely but here's the thing with that is like if you get away from therapy and then you start getting worse but you don't necessarily know that it's getting worse because you're not verbalizing it. Right. Then you can find yourself back in the same situation. So yeah, you absolutely can leave therapy and you know, do fine. A lot of people do, but I think a lot of times it just, it kind of ends up that way, whether it be the second, third or fourth time they've, they've been back in therapy or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it just probably, or it just ends in a give up in general where like, you felt better for a while, so you left therapy, and then you didn't feel better, and you're like, well, the therapy didn't help me, so I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Or the therapist, for some reason or another, gives up on you, you know? That'd be terrible if the therapist gives up on you. It seems like that one probably happens a lot less. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see that happening a lot. Do uh, you want a fun fact? Yes, I would love a fun fact. So Lorraine Bracco was uh, nominated for okay. Best Supporting Actress this year for this uh for this episode however did not win would you like to take a wild guess at who did Eddie Edie falco not Edie falco not that she did not get cucked by her own castmate at this time has that ever happened oh that actually has it happened in Um, in, for this show is this the example no no okay uh it's an embarrassing person to lose to you would not want to lose to this person if you are a supporting actress rosie o'donnell no, <laughs> it's mid two thousands. Mid two thousands. She she went on a little run there in the mid two mid to late two thousands. This is drama though. Yes, it's a network drama. 
She is a is it Jennifer Gardner. No, it's a blonde lady, and it is supporting. So not uh oh supporting. Yes, supporting, not leading. Was it Jennifer Aniston? No. <laughs> I'll give you one no, more. That's, that's a comedy. Uh, all right, blonde from the two thousands, and went on a nice little drama. run for a while. And this went on a nice run. The show went on a run. Both. She went on a nice run, winning awards. She's very disliked. Network show. Just she's very disliked. Very disliked. It's definitely impacted her career. Oh my god. Who? Catherine Heigl. Okay. I don't, maybe I don't know who she is. You don't know Catherine Heigl? Have you ever seen, uh, not 40-Year-Old Virgin, uh, Knocked Up? Catherine Heigl. She was in Grey's Anatomy. Well, that was that what she went for? Yeah. Oh, I know her. She's, gr- no, I don't. Uh, I know who she is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. I know who she is, yeah. Huh, she's disliked? Heavily. <laughs> Why? Just kind of a bitch to work with. Difficult to oh. difficult to work with. That sucks. Why? Because she's so hot. Well, she's pretty hot. She's pretty. I I was very sad to learn that nobody liked her. Appa- yeah. Apparently, uh, Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen said it was just an absolute nightmare. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Just an yeah. absolute nightmare. Just a diva has a lot of. Uh, very high maintenance is, is yeah. everything I hear. But that also could be just like male centrist Hollywood being mad because sure. the lady's taking charge of her career. Sure. Sure. Either um, way, Lorraine Bracco couldn't have been pleased about losing out to Catherine Heigl. No, probably not. Uh, shout out to Lorraine Bracco, though. Shout what out. What she done recently? I don't know. Maybe she kind of wrapped it up after this. Hmm. Oh, I bet she had a really hard time after this because there are a lot of women in Hollywood that kind of like share her profile. Okay. You know, just kind of like intelligent brunette lady. Yeah. There we go. You got the list? Oh, no, I don't have a list. But I did want oh, okay. I did want to give you my uh recommendation. If I can okay. find the name of it here in the Go ahead. city, as I believe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so there. So if you're feeling sad, as we come to a close on uh, on the Sopranos, and you're feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit like you need a little more mafia in your life, well, I have something for you. There is okay. a new documentary. A new. It's a short docu series, only three episodes, about the five families that ruled New York in the 1970s and 80s uh down it's uh it's the it's the five fans so it's uh, you know it is just new york but it is i mean their names that you know like lucky lucky luciano joe gatto or gallo um big name joey gallo joey gallo yes wow he he after his murder his after his great-grandfather's murder he uh, he went on to great things with the Texas Rangers. Okay. No, um, it's really really good. It's about the um, FBI using RICO for the first time, which was essentially a way to prosecute the mob as an organization. Up until that point, they were basically only able to bring individual people up on charges, mm. so you could never get to a boss because they would never physically commit the crime that 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 happened 
And uh, in this way, you can connect crimes to an overarching crime, RICO, which is, you know, you either do murder and then connect it with uh, tax evasion or some sort of other thing. And then you uh, prove conspiracy between all of the parties involved. And that is how they brought down three of the five uh, mob bosses in New York in the late '80s. It's a very, Damn. it's very, very good. There's definitely some stuff in there that The Sopranos borrowed from. Yeah. Uh, and there's just some really cool mob shit. <laughs> like, did was there? Did did someone take a gun out of a fish? Nobody took a gun out of fish. No, but there was a dude that got uh got hit. He was a boss. He got hit while he was eating uh eating at a restaurant, and there was a cigar poking out of his mouth. And that actually got a mention on The Sopranos yeah. when uh, he went on the golf trip with uh, Dr. Cusimano. Yeah. Do they have? Uh, do they have like video of The Sopranos on the dock? Like, hey, The Sopranos, remember that show? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They stay away from The Sopranos. But uh, they show some news clips from the time when like all of the bosses get convicted or whatever. And really, not all of them did. Three of them did. Uh, they charged four of them one got killed paul costellano got killed before he went to trial and then the other three were found guilty and one of them still ran shit from inside um yeah they didn't they didn't do any any soprano stuff though well damn i'm not gonna watch it now it's really really good only three hours it's called fear city new york versus the mafia fear city new york versus the mafia all right i'm down watch that all right travis well we got the finale next week last one last one ever then we'll probably take a break and do something else that's the plan but we got the last the last one we'll talk about what we really think happened with the in the end when the, it goes black cuts to black and then you never went back you know you never went back all right see it